Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, a whole new year of the podcast that brings you spoiler-free recommendations, sometimes reviews and recaps, certainly, of whatever we read that week. So, Amy, what did we read? Okay, we read His Prairie Sweetheart by Erica Veitch. That sounds about right. And this was a recommendation from our very good friend of the podcast, Tara, in Canada. Vetch. V-E-T-S-H. Oh, then it's definitely going to be Vetch. 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 Delightful. Great. Shall I do the spoiler free? Yes, please. Okie doke. So, it's a romance novel, obviously. The title is His Prairie Sweetheart. And as you may have guessed, astute listeners, it is set in the prairie of... um, Gosh, I want to say Minnesota? Somewhere, yeah, it's like the Midwest. So basically the the story is that a Southern Belle uh, socialite... Her name is Savannah. Savannah has um, had a really embarrassing kind of situation where she was due to get married and fancied herself quite in love with the man she was going to marry. But at their wedding, which was like the event of the season, mm. someone else turned up and was essentially like, but I love you. And he was like, actually, I kind of do love her... Was it at that? Was it that dramatic? It was, wasn't it? It was pretty dramatic. She and was very, very obviously jilted at the altar. Absolutely. And anyway, so that's what happened. And then everyone's just being super sympathetic to her and how embarrassing her jilting was. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have a, like her mum had died a long time ago, and so she's living with her aunts. And so she just kind of ends up going. Actually, I've accepted a teaching position in Minnesota, in this tiny, tiny, tiny town. That's essentially less a town and more a community. So everyone's got their kind of farms, they're very widely spread out, and then there's kind of like, you know, a, a um, convenience store that is also the post office, that is also the sheriff's office, and a little row of other random little shops, but that's kind of it. And then in the middle of all of the town, all of the kind of um, homesteads around the place is a schoolhouse and slash community hall because they're, and that might be like a Minnesota prairie land frontier kind of thing, but it's very. It's set in like 1870. I think we need to say. Yeah, sorry. Yes, that's important. Yeah, I found that really reminiscent of kind of how Outback Australian communities run as well. You'll be driving along and won't see a house or anything for ages. And then in the middle of nowhere, there'll be this little pocket, this little, all this little like, there'll be a warm house and, and And like just a building in the middle of, and you're like, what is that? It's just the middle point. And the schoolhouse is very isolated though. That's important. So the schoolhouse is not inside the little tiny township. It's literally this one building in the middle of nowhere. And so she decides to go off and do that. She turns up and meets the sheriff whose name is... Elias. Elias. his brother is like the director of the school district District, who has has hired hired her through the newspaper. But his brother gets posted elsewhere and isn't there to meet her. Exactly. And so Elias gets, well, he meets her to begin with, but then has to quickly go off and teach in a different town for a bit. So Elias doesn't like her because he thinks that all of the teachers are just blow-ins who are there for a bit. The town gets quite committed to them and then they go off to live their lives because no one ever settles in this little town. The town is full. The community is entirely Norwegian. And so they all speak Norwegian. They're all immigrants and are kind of all settled together. So there's, it's quite heavy in terms of its Norwegian culture. And so there's kind yeah. of, she is, 
she is an outsider, not just because she is from the South and now she's in the far kind of Midwest, Midwest, etc. But she doesn't she's have also, the she doesn't have the language. And so that's an issue as well. That's kind of it. Then obviously winter comes. It's all about will she stay or will she go? Elias is like, well, I know you're not going to hang around. So what's the point of you? Like he's quite rude and quite abrasive towards her to begin with. And she has never taught anywhere before. She got her qualification many years ago in finishing school, but never really intended to do anything with it. So she's got to kind of learn that. And she's also she's also quite... got to learn how to look after exactly. herself because she's existed same. in an incredibly privileged. upbringing where she's never had to you know go actually get water at the pump so she doesn't know anything in here she has to do it all for herself exactly she's living with a family she's billeted with a family who lives closest to the schoolhouse the central conflict is that he thinks very little of her and expects the kind of the worst of her all the time Mm. and she feels like she has everything to prove but is very, very prideful and stubborn. So thinks it's beneath her and a sign of weakness to ask for help. So gets into all of these scrapes and makes all of these kind of wrong steps because she doesn't want to ask for help. And he doesn't really offer it as her kind of guide in the community because he doesn't want to get invested because he got invested in the last teacher who came through and she left. Did and the usual hurt his feelings. Yes, that's kind of it. Yeah, cool. All right, so, Amy, what did you think of His Prairie Sweetheart and would you recommend it? I'm glad that you started that with what did you think because that's really how I do this. I never come up with the recommendation. Thanks for flipping it. I thought that it was a very wholesome book. So wholesome. It was very wholesome and it's also, I think, worth saying that I find books about teachers – really challenging agreed <laughs> because have we have we have ever we mentioned, ever mentioned that we're both teachers yeah, we're both teachers <laughs> like i find i cannot watch films about i just think oh god that or is tv not, series is about drives teaching. me nuts no, I can't do it either. when the bell rings and everyone just gets up and leave and the teacher's like great so your homework is, your to, homework do is like, to do blah blah i'm sorry who's the boss in this classroom yeah. they leave when you let them leave have a bit of like oh I, that's my pet peeve. You're so off topic. Right I know. But, oh, so I have. I come into a book about a teacher, and I'm just like, oh, the pedagogy. I I felt like I felt like it was easier because it was set in 18 whatever. I know. I know. It was easier. I did but, have a moment of being like, wow, the level of differentiation she's having to do across like the different <laughs> levels and ability levels and grasps of English. I was like, wow, that's a really complex classroom that she's walked into. <laughs> Just find that every book's about teachers, it's always, like, so idealised. Oh, yeah. And you always change every kid's life. And there's always yeah. a kid who hates you and gives you a really hard time. But, you know, it's just you a turn them around. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens in this book, which challenged me. To be completely honest. Always. You need to be completely I know. honest. I found aspects of it, and maybe it was because it was very wholesome. Like, I find the dialogue really stagey. Sure. And there were, it felt like it took quite a long time to progress. And I just wanted it to be saucier. Nah. <laughs> this is a, I will say, this is like a, like a Harlequin romance book, like a Mills and Boone style Harlequin romance. But it's what you would call clean. 
Yeah. yeah. But it had, has quite a religious focus. So religion is very central in the community. Church is very central and important to them and all. They values. start every day of school with a reading from the Bible and a psalm. And the, one of the ways she connects with the kids is the singing of hymns. So she, her biggest challenge is to teach them English. So yeah, or being able to actually communicate yeah, with them. she does it through And music. so she does it through, but not just music. It's always through hymns. So that is quite a dominant presence throughout the book. Religion is very dominant. I it felt like there's a Netflix series called and it's about this Virgin River? No, no, no. It, it's like that, but it's set in like 1900 and it's oh. and it's about this chick who be- leaves the city to go to a small town and become a teacher. And it's wow. like but it's in like the wilds of maybe Canada or Wyoming or something yeah, like okay. that in a mining town. Yeah. And oh, something to do with the heart. Oh, where calls where that, the heart? Where or calls that? Here calls right. the heart. It where felt like heart. that, yeah. Yeah. but in a book, in a book yeah, form. Yeah, hundred percent. That was really reminiscent of that. It was definitely a hallmark television production. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, it had moments where you could call it charming. It was very wholesome. I found the whole Southern Belle thing annoying. I did actually find some of the sort of Norwegian. And the town dynamics quite interesting, yeah. Because this part of the world was where my dad's grandparents all lived, yeah. And that's what they were like. Everyone was called Magnus and Otto yeah. and that big red barn, yeah. So that was quite. I did find that quite interesting, but I wanted it was cozy. I wanted a lot more. I felt like it took quite some time to get anywhere. Yeah, it could fair. have been a novella. Yeah, right, right, right. Gotcha. So I don't actually know if I would recommend it. Or not, I I wouldn't recommend it, it to a listener like... who is like to a reader who is like me. Yeah, right. Because I think that you might be left feeling a bit unsatisfied. Yeah. But if you want a wholesome, cozy sort of Christmassy read, yeah, then I guess I would recommend it. Mm. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. What about you? So okay, I would say no. On the whole, I wouldn't recommend it. But the reason I wouldn't recommend it is because. I didn't like her. Okay. So I didn't like the the pridefulness of not asking. I didn't like how – and I didn't like how he – like no one took her under their wing for such a welcoming community of people. And they really were. Like the Norwegian kind of that cultural side of things, everyone was really welcoming. But there was just incongruity for me that felt fake because – they would take someone would take her under their wing and show her how to how to get through a winter, and they kind of didn't. Did the family that she was billeted, they no. The dad just did. got cranky at her that she took so long to get dressed for church yeah, for and like stuff. one scene. Yeah, but that was but that's my point is those relationships weren't very well developed, and I think for the most part mm. that was because of or explained away because of the language gap and the language impediment. So the one person who spoke English really well and also spoke Norwegian really well and was kind of in charge of being her bridge was Elias, Mm. and he didn't want a bar of her because of the whole I find you attractive and the last person I found attractive left. So I felt like her – I felt like the impediment to her kind of just succeeding really effectively in the community felt a bit – Fake. Mm-hmm. It it felt or it felt not fake, but it felt unnecessary. It felt like actually, if people could un- like, I, f- I felt like that community would have been more 
kind of helpful to her. That So one of the, like, central kind of moments that happens that I don't feel like is a spoiler because it's just a plot beat or whatever mm. is a blizzard. So because obviously one of the huge things that they're like, we'll see how she lasts a winter, like, rah, rah, rah. And so... Great acting there. <laughs> thanks, man. And so... She like so one of the things that happens is this crazy, crazy blizzard, which she and Elias end up thrown together in because plot romance novel. But for me, that felt really unrealistic that this huge blizzard storm is coming and no one goes, we should ride out to the schoolhouse because Savannah's never been through a blizzard. No one was really thinking about about that or about her. Like But was it because all of the school teachers just ditched them? Maybe. But those, but she has your kids, so that seems ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and and in a lot of the problem that I had with it was in a lot of other scenes they were super welcoming, like when they had you know school has to stop for harvest week, and, and she was like, well Christmas I'll help out, and, and then they had Christmas like stuff. They were so so welcoming and thoughtful about her that the times when they kind of just dropped her in it, for me I was like I don't. I don't really get what's going on there. And then she is so strong and independent, but then would just be like, Elias is right, I don't belong here. I am useless. Oh, no. And I was like, well, no, clearly, like, how could you be expected to know that? So her character for me seemed inconsistent. Mm. Sometimes she was actually really kind of had it all together and really had good perspective, and then other times she just became a completely helpless southern belle. So I don't know. For me, I was like, uh pick a line but obviously <laughs> obviously people are more complex so that doesn't that doesn't ring totally unrealistic but i think for the nature of the mills and booney kind of because it is a kind of shallow surfacey kind of book it doesn't try to be more complex than that those moments where it was potentially complex actually seemed unrealistic to me rather than just character complexity okay the other thing that i will say is when tara recommended it to us in the email she was like I read this because I grew up for part of my life or had some or there was some connection to prairie life for her, mm-hmm. whether that was like same thing in Canada or actually I have relatives and I visit or I can't quite remember yeah, now. Like the big um, red barn. Yeah, exactly. But she was wall. like, I have so many memories or spent some time, maybe went and worked in like in these com- in these kind of communities. And she's like, this book perfectly and beautifully represents that place for her like in terms of the sensibility of those communities the physical landscape itself the harshness of the weather and the kind of people and situations and lives that that creates Mm -hmm. she was like this book perfectly represents that place and those communities for her and because I feel like it's so foreign for me when I was reading it, I was like, I can definitely kind of see that. Like, I believe her that it's an accurate representation and depiction, but that wasn't enough for me as buy-in. Does that make sense? So those ones that sometimes you are like, read this, and I read it, and I'm like, God, that was a lot of book for not a lot happening. Like, why did I read oh, that? Yeah. And you were like, but the descriptions of yes. the Alps. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't want five million pages of that. So I would agree with you in that it took a long time for anything to happen. I think it should have been a novella. Yes. I found it a little bit slow and a little dull. And I found her annoying and him annoying, which made it really hard for me. And the other thing that I had trouble buying into from a romance perspective, he spent the whole book being quite mean to her. And I don't like those love stories kind of 
not as a rule, but historically looking at the things that I read, whenever we come up against that kind of relationship dynamic, I am always like, mm, something was off for me here. And it's always, that's always what it is, whether the I mean, pinpoint mean, it or mean, not. Mean. Absolutely hate. He treats her like crap in his head. He's not mean to her. So him loving her at the end doesn't come out of nowhere as a reader. It certainly should come out of nowhere if you were Savannah in this book. Because he does not say nice things or treat her nicely at almost any point throughout this book. He's always judgy and mean. And when she makes mistakes, he reacts angrily. And when she hurts herself, but she's like, stiff up a lip, he's angry at her for her foolishness. And and then her internal monologue is, Elias is right, I am so foolish. I'm like, great, excellent. Let's internalize the way he's being a jerk and make it your fault that he's being a jerk. <laughs> so I think I struggled with that. And in the end, it just gets resolved in a way that doesn't give it enough time. It's just like, huzzah! And I just, yeah, part of me is like, and oh my God, you I need could... to have a chat with Elias about not being such an a-hole That's why I could time. accept it as a novella form because you have to make yes. much more like ruthless you make decisions more about what you spend it and you make more, oh, it's short. Of course yeah. they have to do that. It yeah. was a lot of book for not, I felt like not a long enough resolution. Okay, at the end. I'm dying in the temperature. We need a resolution. <laughs> it's fine. So, in conclusion, I would not recommend it. Yeah, You know, if you want that cosy, wholesome book, go for it, but. I wouldn't recommend it to a reader like me. Fair enough. So I I would put it in the trash bin. Not as in, like, put it in the bin, but as in I wouldn't read it again. How fortunate that we own it. We do own it. (laughs) Because I couldn't find it at the library. So Tara, I bought this book. So if nothing else, I have supported your author and I appreciate that. And that's kind of it, I guess. Let's wrap it up. Thank you very much. Join us again next week where we will be bringing you many, many more reviews, recaps, and maybe even recommendations for whatever we read. And until then, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.